Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. What's up, Show Your Scars? Hope you guys are doing well. Jordan here bringing you another podcast, another episode, and I'm excited to have Laura Rafferty, a professional footballer in England on today's show. She is from Southampton, England, and she is a member of the Northern Ireland women's national team. She is a professional footballer, and she plays in the league over in England right now for Brighton and Hove Albion. And we talk about not only her journey to get where she is, but also what's happened in the last nine months and how her ACL recovery and injury has really allowed her to see herself and her game differently. She's really, really tapped into the mental side and shares not only what the hardest part of the recovery has been for her, but what she would have wish she would have known how she's coped and what she's reading what she's doing I think you guys will really enjoy this one Uh, a lot of laughs a lot of really good genuine things to share from Laura so here she is Laura Rafferty Laura welcome I'm super excited to talk with you I've been following your journey a little bit and it's cool to virtually meet you yeah, no, it's good to be a part of this and I can't wait to tell you all about the journey. So right. no, thanks for having me. Of course, it's my pleasure. Um, you're an English, an England native. You yeah. were, grow, grew up in Southampton, but you're yeah. a member of the Northern Ireland International Women's Squad. Can you tell me the yeah. connection there, how, how that came to be? Yeah, my whole family are from Northern Ireland. Um, so when I was really young, my my dad's work, they had to move over to England. Um, so I, I've always grown up in the south of England. Um, hence the accent. Everyone usually says, oh, you're not Northern Irish. You, you've not got the <laughs> accent. But I would still class myself as Northern Irish. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be with the squad since the age of 15, the senior yeah. squad. So, um, so yeah, they've they've given me opportunities that um, I I couldn't have dreamt for so young. Um, But yeah, my dad's the person that got me into football as well. So wearing this shirt, as much as it gives me a sense of pride, for him it is massive. So um, yeah. So for you, football is in your blood. It's something that you grew up with. Who was your biggest inspiration and maybe led you into that path was it your dad was it I know you have an older brother was it a brother yeah yeah it was yeah so it would have been my dad and my brother um my brother loves it like lives breathes it um kind of just chucked me out in the garden and kicked balls at me my dad's a lot more wanted me to take it further kind of saw me running around against boys and kind of standing my own ground and was like no we need to get you into a team and my mum was always really supportive you know she took me whether it at least Southampton Chelsea any away games yeah I wouldn't have been able to do it without my family you know I've always loved the game and that's been my passion but actually to make the next step it's about having people around you and I've been very lucky to have that. When was it that you knew 
I want to be a professional soccer player. You mentioned that your call up to the Northern Ireland squad was when you were 15, your first call up. But when was that like first taste of like, I can do this. I can be a professional women's soccer player. Um, when I was really young, it's always been my dream, always been my dream. Um, however, it wasn't actually full time in, in England, um, when I was 15. Um, so I've always, I was training to do accountancy. Uh, I worked in a bank alongside when I was, uh, when I was with Chelsea first team as well. So then it still wasn't like, it wasn't professional, but I always, like we could see it going that way. Um, the amount of interest over here is amazing. The standard of football is, just keeps getting better. Um, but I've always wanted to be a, a footballer. Um, but unfortunately, I never really had that dream to kind of look up to really. Um, so yeah, when I, when I actually got the first taste of it, when women's football become professional, the first year of the Women's Super League, that was my moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to be in the bank. Um, you know, it's a great job, but it's not what I want to do. Um, and it was it was actually when I was at Chelsea, we were in the reserves. So the one just under the, the under-21s at the time, but we, we were 18. And there was about 12 of us that, that could have made that jump, but they were only taking a couple. Um, and I knew I wasn't the best footballer there out of all of them. But I knew that I had a lot more determination um, than a lot of them. I'd be there early. I wouldn't leave till I was ready to go. You know, it was the time that I wanted to put in. And in that stage of, of like the age gap was is the most important, I guess, where you learn, you know, because your body's not physically ready yet. It's still growing. Um, but that age is like the make or break, I, I believe, for me. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to get that contract, but I still had to work eight till four, then drive up to London, which is two hours away, train seven till 10, and then do that five, six days a week to become a professional footballer. I'd do it all over again because, you know, it's got me to where I am, but now I can kind of just appreciate how hard it was to actually yeah. make that step. Um, but yes, it was amazing. That is so interesting because I think a lot of people hear Chelsea Football Club and it's one yeah. of the w- best known clubs, I think, in any sport around the world. And they yeah. think, oh, she's set. She's yeah. got it all together, right? Yeah. And that's the reality of being a, a footballer on the women's side, right? Is yeah. It's a lot of fighting and scrapping and something that uh, you do not shy away from, right? That's yeah. something that I think um, seeing you you play a little bit and seeing some of your highlights like you're pretty feisty you've got a good little yeah, little you've got bite to you that's the irish right yeah it's a tough and you know what it's it gets even tougher because you over here it was the comp the the leagues are so competitive as well mm-hmm. so it's not only fighting for your spot there it's every year constantly fighting because at that age we were only getting one year contracts so it wasn't like oh yeah you've got a five-year deal you can relax and go and get a nice house or like it's constantly one year contracts and you're constantly fighting for the next thing so it keeps you on your toes for sure <laughs> right uh 2017 probably was a year that you'll always remember then when you signed a contract with brighton uh, the club yeah. that you're currently at uh, you have 30 mm-hmm. appearances with them a couple of goals 
What did that moment of signing that contract, because that contract in itself was a multi-year contract, right? Yeah, it was. Do you know what? That's, that's definitely the highlight of my career, purely because going back to Chelsea, I, w- I was there. I learned a lot from the top players. Um, I trained with them every day. I felt as good as I kind of could be in that environment without playing matches, because being a centre-back at my age then, I just wasn't getting as much game time as what I, what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew it was that I needed to move on. Uh, when I went into Brighton, which is quite local to my hometown as well, so like perfect, um, the, the facilities and the ambition of the club were just match mine completely um so it was probably the best well it was definitely the best thing I've ever done in my career moving there you know I, I was lucky enough to start before this injury start every game I captain the squad as well um in matches before the injury uh and it was I was playing the best football and I think without that move I wouldn't have been where I am now in terms of how confident on the pitch and things I had to take my knowledge and put it into it you know right and make a name for myself so and you also helped your club to get into the top league in England what was that experience like? yeah yeah it was amazing because um it was a hard decision so when when I was making the move it was like do I go down the league do I want to stay up the league there was a few different options like I said I went to see the club and, and the ambition of the club it's just it just matched everything that that I wanted um and I knew that that we could do it it was no, never a doubt in my mind and when I'm set on something it has to get done so <laughs> um yeah to help the club go up to the top league was was an amazing feeling um and just to help the club keep growing and growing um is is a great feeling which is we were doing really well this year and obviously that's why the injury was was quite a a shock shall we say but yeah yeah, it's all part of it and you have to expect it you know there's there's many great moments in football but also you have to take your turn I guess so yeah it's crazy how the the lessons that we've already learned as athletes are really Mm -hmm. setting us up to go into this injury recovery and look at it in a different perspective and for you um you were mentioning you were at the top of your game, that you were playing really good football, that things were going right. Uh, talk us through the injury, what happened, and how um, how you dealt with it initially. Yeah, so um, with, with mine, I actually hyperextended my, my knee. So um, it, I went to kick it with my weaker foot, so like the goalpost was there, and obviously being a centre back, I've just literally tried to play a pass out, and as I did that, I hyperextended my right knee. Um, I went down like crying, um, and I just remember the goalkeeper coach coming over and holding my leg in a certain position. Um, now I had a bit bit of pain with my meniscus before this, but it was playable, it was manageable, mm-hmm. I was managing it really well. So that was my first thought, that it was a meniscus had gone. So I was calm. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and about, like, for a good three hours, it, the pain was was agony. Um, but then after that, it, like, the next day, it did swell up. But the next day, um, I could walk on it. I could drive. There was no, like, it literally obviously snapped completely the nerve that the pain was just not there. Um, and where the, the leg was so like we did the ACL test everything and there was no 
there was not like it just wasn't in my head or like it just wasn't ACL from what we did so obviously we then went to Spain and then the pre-season tour and I brought my boots because I thought it was going to yeah. be okay um but then the swelling kept getting bigger um obviously being on the plane we thought oh, okay we'll give it a day or two the the swelling was still there um so then we went for a scan so that was pretty urgent um which was really good the club have acted so fast on my behalf with the whole ACL injury um and then when we went and the, the the man came out he was obviously a Spanish so I didn't understand him they were trying to tell the doctor and it was like yeah she's completely ripped it but because he was spanish and speaking in spanish and he just showed my doctor the ac the the scan Mm -hmm. i kind of held on to a bit of hope that it wasn't true i couldn't like i didn't believe it so then literally the next day we flew home and i had a scan here and it was a complete total like rupture um the meniscus also went as well um and yeah just broke down it's yeah, never really felt anything like it, to be fair. Um, I had a lot of stuff thrown at me in this life, but that was, it was so, I, did, I didn't think I did it. So that was what, I mean, I drove to my operation. I was I was yeah. fine. I was walking around and, and I still get devastated like now, um, even looking back there, um, which is why I do a lot of like hypnotizing things, meditation and stuff. I do so much work to, to really strengthen this because that's the most important thing and I feel like I've matured a lot over yeah. the, the the process um and it's really hard to explain that the days have gone so slow but the time has gone far like the, isn't that the, weird yeah it, it's crazy like it's so ironic but it's like eight months now um so I'm back running playing football on the pitch and things but yeah like when I look back now I feel like yeah, that could have been yesterday like I remember it like it was yesterday but mm-hmm the days have been so long you know not playing and watching the girls play is tough but but why do you think when you look back on that day what particularly is hardest for you like do you remember what your thoughts were that you were thinking um this maybe things have all changed because of this injury like I know for me I was just like I didn't I didn't know what it meant like I didn't know I, I had seen other people go through it, but I was like, no way is this going to happen to me. Yeah. Exactly. That was exactly the same as mine. I think when I did it, I was like, I don't know what this means. I, I've seen my teammates have done their ACL before, but like, for me, I was, you know, you just, you never think it's going to happen to you. And, and when it does, it was really hard. And my agent said to me, I'll give you three days to grieve. And then from then we're moving onwards and upwards. But the three days that he gave me wasn't, it didn't sink in yet. It wasn't until after the operation, which I, like I said, I, I drove to and I woke up and I couldn't move my, my knee. That was like, that's when it really hit home. And that's when, and then the Northern Ireland International, we had a, a Euro qualifiers that night when I woke up from my operation. So I'm there watching that on morphine, couldn't even oh, focus. But, you know, it, and that I just, like, I shouldn't have really watched it because it was just like, everything on top of me at once um but yeah yeah that was that was that was tough like to take yeah so that's something that I talk to people about a lot is that trying to find your balance of 
participating and being a part of your team, but also knowing mm -hmm. when it's not right for you and saying, yeah. no, I, I can't come to training because it's just a little too difficult for me right now. And being okay with that because, you know, it's easy to look back for you right now and be like, I probably shouldn't have watched that game. But, yeah. but that comes up time and time again. How did you handle that? Maybe days that were harder uh, did you want to be a part of the team and continue to go to trainings? Did it hurt sometimes? How do you navigate that? Yeah, uh, for me, it was the biggest transition because I went from obviously being maybe guess a leader of the squad. Yeah. Well, you're uh, a captain. Yeah. yeah, obviously something that when, you know, because I was still 23 myself. So in, in the team, I was still young, but, um, but I felt like a big part of it. And I still do. But I couldn't, you know, the hardest part for me was when you're on the pitch with the girls, there's just something about that connection that you can't have with them when you're in the gym, you know, and you, and you can you can help them, you can lift their head and stuff. And that's what I found got me through was picking everyone else up. And my teammates will still turn around to me and say, how, how do you give us the time when you, you need it yourself? For me... Like, I'm happy. I have a great support network around me. I know that this is my year. I understand that. What can I do now which can help you or help the team? That Because I, I can't do that on the pitch. So I used to do all the analysis um, for the girls. I did weeks of that, but then that was really... I thought I was being helpful, but then I was killing myself. Mm. Um, because I'd watch the game on the Sunday. I'd then go home, sit start at 10 p.m after the match and finish at 4 a.m i'd be tired the next day i'd and it wasn't good for me and i thought i was doing the right thing but i needed to be away from it and um, and brighton were brilliant they they let me go home i was around my family um my family from northern ireland they will come over as well so i've got them back but it is a tough you almost have to trial and error it you know you can't you can't say that's too much without doing it you know yeah. um so i was lucky enough to because usually we do eight till four every day but for me that was so long because i could only do a gym session in the morning and then lunch and then i've got four hours where i couldn't do anything so we changed that and i could go home be with my family um and and yeah i, I got through it well um and obviously i do all my like psych sessions and mm -hmm like hypnotizing and things that that stuff's really good for me I, whether yeah. that's a placebo effect I don't know but it no. works for me so yeah no it's not and I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that before we hit on how you just have coped on the mental side do you how did you make that decision of did you have to go talk to your coach did you have to go talk to your manager of you know this isn't healthy for me to be here all day long. How, how did you navigate that process? Because that's really challenging. And I think a big growth point for people is just being willing to have communication that yeah. is uncomfortable, but yeah. you have to trust your gut and stick up for you. Yeah. I, do you know what, if I'm totally honest with you, I just blew, like I just blew up. I was just, I'm such a calm person, always smile all the time. Like, you know, kind of always say nothing's ever as bad as it seems and try and be the positive girl um but it got to that point which I called the beach ball effect so it's something that I learned and I never knew it until I sat down and and fully tried to understand it and what happens with a beach ball if you, you push it underwater 
it's ready like it's just ready to to blow you know mm-hmm. whereas if you leave it on the top of the water and it will just level out and you just kind of push away the feelings and for me my beach ball was was down like right at the bottom yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe people saw things that they didn't like of me and I felt guilty for but it had to happen and the honesty had to come out and mm. and that's the way it did um yeah I was yeah I wish I could have just been like oh listen no. I feel like this and because everyone's been so approachable but I always wanted to be there I didn't want to miss anything I'd go to every game I'd, you know and and it got to the point where it, I just went and I couldn't control that yeah my it's funny you say that because I was the same way and I think mm-hmm. if I didn't have that I don't think I would have learned yeah. how to approach conversations that needed to happen before that can yeah. can go down and my parents would say we, I remember something happened and um, I was just so devastated by being stuck where I was at and feeling like everybody else's life was continuing on and mine was like, I had worked so hard for things and then it was just like, for what? You know, like, what did I work hard for? And, and they were like, well, we knew, we knew that was coming because you have held it together for so long that like, you just, I, we knew you were going to explode. And yeah. yeah. And I think that that was a big and and you said it too earlier is like some of these things you just have to learn for yourself, but even yeah. having people like you and like me tell you that this might happen. And if it does, yeah. it's okay. And you just learn to yeah. adapt and hopefully don't get to that point again. Like let's use what's happened to us to help us navigate the next situation. Maybe a and little that bit is better. It, that's exactly what I wish. I wish I knew about your page when I first did my ACL. I never knew um you know and I think something like yourself or your page where you can't constantly keep getting positive from it that is Mm. so important because Mm. what I did was I just deterred myself away from it I when I saw your page I was like wow like I wish I knew but yeah better late than never so yes and I'm glad that I'm glad that we got connected and Laura I started it because you know I was I was you I was a pro soccer player here in the U.S. and I just felt like every time I had a conversation with somebody who was going through an ACL injury, it was these same things that was, that were coming up. And I was like, people just want to be heard and understood and felt like, like their journey matters. And it does like every single person that is a member of this page, like their journey matters. And I want to give them that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you said you're about eight months along. Is that correct? Uh, How are you? how are you feeling right now? Do you, are you itching to get back? I know this is a weird time in the world, but maybe feels like a little bit, uh, kind of yeah. a blessing in some ways. Yeah. Well, this, this is a thing I've been trying to work out if it's a blessing or not, obviously with the Olympics <laughs> being pushed back and, yeah. and the Euros being pushed back. Like, so for when I'm actually on the pitch, I think it'll be a blessing for me. Um, cause everything's been pushed back. However, literally the day before we all had to like, not be at training work and back home and and isolating I got on the pitch for the first time (laughs) so I was like buzzing I had the best time got like nice photos on the pitch and I just couldn't wait just to show like everyone and and then obviously this all came about and they were like no you, you can't post that like just obviously for people to be safe which is is understandable um mm-hmm. you know it's like you wait well that time it was like I waited seven months for, for that six seven months that was and and it was just like 
you got to go back inside and I've been doing this for so long just sitting here and not going out because of, I've had a brace on and not going mm-hmm. out because I don't want you know to overdo it and things and and that side of it was tough but I've been lucky enough to I've got a good pitch down down by me and we're always on zoom with our, with our club we do four gym sessions a week three pitch sessions a week so got it I just can't really right. get the 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 swimming pool I've just got a game ready down there actually so oh, nice. I've been on the pool. yeah, yeah the, the club have been amazing I've got the bike as well so yeah, yeah. I'm doing as much as I can but yeah. um so I'm all right yeah I've been all right I you maybe it's it comes at a good time in in life in general because one of the things I have loved about your page is you did this uh, comeback video and I was watching through it and it is so interesting and you mentioned in that how and you've already said it a couple times here how it all starts in your brain right it all starts in our mind first how have these last eight months really allowed you to grow in that regard. Yeah, I think the biggest word I would use would be maturity. I think I've become so much mature. And I think being a young player, being able to be professional at a young age, you're you're driven. I've been in academy footballs from eight years old and now I'm 24. I've, I've always played high-level football of what I can. And this year, um, I, before the injury, if I'm being totally honest, I've felt a lot of pressure. I've, I've maybe didn't love the sport as much as what I should have you know when you're a kid and you've got no pressure on you and and you can do what you want and be who you want and then obviously you've got to play a certain way and stuff and I love it but it's not the same as being free and being a kid you know and as soon as this injury has come about I will never ever ever have that thought in my head again I would never take it for granted um I think that's what maybe I did do a bit um but now I, I feel mature. Um, I understand that I have to be good in myself before I can do anything else, whether that's in football, relationships, family, friends, business, uh, anything. I need to be good here before I even get involved. Um, and yeah, I, d- I just feel stronger. I feel stronger um, like physically. Like it's enabled me to be able to work on upper body. I've always been quite bottom heavy. Um, so I've been doing as much as I can. I've still not got much bicep, but <laughs> hopefully they'll come soon. Um, but yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just to see the world that there's a big wide world out there and football isn't everything. Like it's a lot and it used to be my whole world. But now this has opened up that actually there's there's a big wide world out there too. So you need to keep open to it all. Yeah. It's amazing how your perspective can shift, right? And that Massively. that shift in perspective can help you see this as an opportunity. And mm-hmm. for you, you've grabbed a hold of that and you've used it to mature and to work on the mental side of things. And that's one of the things I really encourage people to use this as a way to, as a growth opportunity and not just something like, um, yeah, you have to feel the feelings and, and work through those feelings, but you also have to understand that there is so much that you can learn about yourself in these months that you're away from something that drives you so strongly. Yeah. And, and for you, how, what do you do on the mental side? I saw you were reading Mind Gym, which is one of my favorite all-time books. It's so good. Yeah, I Mind think I read Gym it about is so three good. times. Me too. Uh, I, yeah. 
I, I read a lot, so I don't know, maybe in one of my posts, like I'm dyslexic, so I, I would never pick up a book before, like, or I'd pick up a magazine and flick through it and find out all the gossip by photos, but I would never read. Um, that's the habit that I've massively taken up is reading, um, not so much fictional books, but like Mind Gym, um, Bounce, uh, Relentless is a very good one as well. Um, and I've, I've enjoyed it. So I've, I've been doing that. Um, and I've been doing the whole, uh, meditation, hypnotizing things, mm -hmm. not so much meditation, um, of like calming, but like, um, you'll know yourself, um, in, in football, you, you obviously need to be aware and you need to be focused. And there are two things that I do specific meditation on. Obviously, you can be good at one, which is awareness, and that's knowing what's around you. But then if you're good at that, it's hard to be good at focus, which is solely focused on one thing. Now, in different parts of the game, a penalty, for example, your focus needs to be up there. But in the rest of the game, your awareness needs to be. So I've been focusing a lot on on improving them whilst I've been away and it takes my mind off things and I could it's kind of worked really well but I, if I can hear someone that I just doesn't I don't need to listen to I can just block out now and I've never been like that my attention's just usually like but now I'm like just solely focusing on what I'm doing so it's paying off but there's just how a are couple you of things. Yeah, how are you working on that? Is there an app you're using? Is it just a guided meditation that you have? Uh, you know, I'd love to share this with the community of people that who maybe are interested in what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, I've actually got a guided med meditation. Um, so she actually come in within the club uh, and gives us tools to go and, and practice this. But I can definitely get something for you. Um, but it's pretty simple, really. It's just it what I do is like a tea you know like a tea light candle mm -hmm. so I'll just sit on the chair and I'll put that on the table and and it's about like you can probably see my eyes going now it's solely about focusing on that flame and just that flame mm. and then what happens is can you ignore everything around it so that that's the, basically the basic of it but then what happens is obviously football you're not sat still so you're moving so then what you do is you, you can stand up and you can walk towards the flame or, you know, or something you're focused on. And then how good your attention when you're, you're active, it's right. hard. It's right. really hard to have good focus when you're being active. So it's about a transition of being stationary and being like, I'm really good at focusing. Like if I'm sat here, but see if I'm being active, it's really hard to then do something and still have the focus. So I'll, I'll get some bits and send it across to you for your page, but it's, it's amazing. And for me, it's, it's really worked wonders. So I'd love to share it with you. Yeah, that's incredible. And so interesting because it is, it's this, you have to have that duality in sport in all kinds of sports where you're aware of your surroundings, but also focused on not what has happened because you cannot control that, not what's going exactly. to happen because you can't control it, but what is going on right in that moment. So exactly that sounds super interesting um when you say it was eight months ago and yep. you're looking back knowing what you know now what mm -hmm. do you wish that you could have told yourself about this entire journey that would have helped you through it do you know what I, the best thing i would have told myself to do would be relax relax it's a time frame it's a process and I know I've got the ability to work hard. You know, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't. So 
that's what I tell myself. Whereas, you know, when you get stressed, I heard this thing, when you get stressed, what your, what your body does is puts it to the body's weakest point. So for me, that was my knee. So obviously, if you're being stressed, it puts more stress on what's weak in your body. And when you're, when you're okay, obviously, then you can just concentrate on getting better. So I would just advise myself to relax and just, just follow the process and make sure that you don't cut corners. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like people, you would say this, this point of the process was really difficult for me and this is how I got through um, some kind of advice that you could give to people who are going through that right now? Yeah. Do you know what? I think the toughest part for me would be when I was going from doing the gym to the running um, and being able to trust my body, you know, when, when all of a sudden you take that next step and you've not done that and it's the first time or you do your first squat or, or whatever it is that you do a first of, I'd like, I would just say to you, understand that your body is strong. Your body is strong. It's all in here that, that controls it. You've had the operation that's fixing you. It's now about how you make everything strong around, around that knee to, to really push it to the next level and, and be able to progress um, and fight through the pain as well. Obviously, it has to be a, 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 an amount of pain, like not too much. But for me, that's what put me back is if I felt a small bit of pain, I'd be like, no. Whereas really, sometimes you have to just push yeah. through that barrier a little bit. And it's a, it's a tough process, but it's, it's one that is worth it. How did you find the difference? Because there really is a difference in like, this is pain I got to I gotta get through, like when you're working on flexion. And maybe yeah. this is pain that, I don't know, something about this pain is making me feel like I need Sick. to back off. Yeah. Yeah, that was it really. It was um the the pain was tough but it it was weird because it's like a subconscious thing. I'd get pain but I'd smile mm-hmm. or I'd get pain and I'd be like you Not know, good. in it yeah. And and it was just my body knew that. I couldn't, you know, and it's it's like when the, the physio says to you, Where where does it hurt in your knee? And it's like, I can't tell you because it's kind of just inside, you know, yeah. and but it's like a subconscious thing for me. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I had to get through it. And sometimes I think if you are uncertain, stop. Mm-hmm. But it is, you just have to make sure that your technique's right. right. Um, for a long time, it was tough for me to actually get the right technique um, when, I, when I was starting again. But now my technique's better than it was before I was injured, which is the way that you know I, I want to be better I don't want to be the same player I don't want to be half the player I want to be better so everything I do has to be better now. was that a focus for you throughout all of this is that you know I talked about opportunity for growth were you always focused on being better than before yeah I, w- I want to be like I know maybe it might sound cliche but I, I want to be the best I do I and this time out has made me realize that you know it's it's such a tough process and you know it's one that you you never wish it will happen to anyone and but it does and I was the one that that happened to and now for me like I've had conversations with people where they go yeah this is your gap year this is your gap year take your time it's not a gap year I never went to uni (laughs) I'm like oh maybe I have got a gap year and I can just chill but then actually when I speak to 
people that support me around me they're like this is your time away to work on everything like I said my upper body's better my mind's better mm -hmm. like I'll get my fitness back that's fine but the fact of the passion of the sport that I can't play at the minute that's tough to take you know and seeing other people on the pitch maybe in my position I you know I find that hard and that's yeah. that's why it's important that I don't kick like skip corners and I know I will be better than what I was I I don't have I didn't go for this to be half the player I was you know mm -hmm. so. yeah, big a big part of that comeback shirt that sweatshirt that you have which I think is so cool what drove you to to choose that and yeah, what, that when when you see it what does it make you feel yeah, so that's massive for me. Um, it was actually like, so it was my agent that we, we sat down and we were coming together with ideas and things and it's got my little logo on the side. So my little display picture. Yeah, your logo is um, awesome, so, by the way. Yeah, no, thank you. So it's actually like LR6. Uh -huh. but it's oh. Got, yeah, oh, yeah, so I know it's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, no, it's, for me it is so personal because obviously it's got, that on there which is like me and then it's got the comeback which is like and it's got his little message which is nice just as a great is a great hoodie too i love it and then obviously <laughs> on the back it's got my agency and my agent his in a game like football it can be hard to find someone so trustworthy um and him he's been by my side literally from the start to finish so for me it's just kind of quite empowering to wear it um I enjoy wearing it I get a few looks like people I'm like what are you looking at and yeah <laughs> but I'm trying to re read the message but right. yeah yeah no, it's good what keeps you driven during this comeback what is the picture you see at the end of the tunnel that you're like this is who I'm going to be at the end of this do you know I have so many dreams that I can bore you with them but I know I in my head, I am scoring on my debut. When I get back, there's a goal in the back of the net from me. Whether whatever it bounces off, I just yeah, any like is that's that's the that's the moment that will make everything worthwhile. Being on that pitch, taking my little cousins out of the tunnel in their little Brighton kits, wearing the shirt, it's it's just uh, I dream about it every night, every mm. night. There's not one moment, you know, if, if I'm ever caught, you know, daydreaming or something, it's it's about football. Um, and the passion of football is what's driven me to be where I am and where I want to be and with the attitude that I've got. So well, it's that's brilliant. I, I love that. And I know the power of our mind. And, you know, I in my last recovery um, something I just shared, I hadn't shared this before, but on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I shared that I had, I had been doing this visualization of a goal I was going to score. And for me, it was a goal. I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was in the 2016, uh, Olympics in Rio. And I felt where I was going to score the goal on the side of the goal and how I was going to celebrate. And it didn't happen at the, the Olympics, but it happened. It was my last goal I ever scored as a professional. Oh, wow. And it happened just the way I had visioned it in my brain time and time again. So, Law of um, yes. And that's why I just got the chills because 
I, I feel that happening for you. And I feel, um, you know, when you put everything that you are into something with giving it that space to also become what it needs to become, uh, you're really setting yourself up for something brilliant. So I appreciate it. It's, it's so nice to hear like from your side as well. It's for, for me, it's, it's so encouraging to hear, hear that. And yeah. a lot of the time for this injury, people go, Oh, I've done it this many times. I've done it this many, and you just think, just don't tell me that. But yeah. for someone like you to share your stories is amazing. I need to look into it a lot more as well. Yeah, for, I appreciate it. Well, for you, you mentioned you were a leader. Do you feel like you learned about how to become a better leader through this as well? Yeah, massively. I think the only thing that really I kind of had when I I was being a leader was I had a bit of fear you know I had a bit of doubt in my head about certain things like I'm second guessing myself maybe maybe this isn't right but I'm gonna say it anyway um but now I'm just like I've got no fear I had I don't have that you know it's I'm going in if I'm saying something I mean it um if I do something I've got it's a reason for it I'm actually doing some episodes soon of, of breakdowns and I'm sharing how I analyze my game with Instagram basically. Yeah. Um, and just bring it to them and saying why I did what I did. Um, what else, like there's a million different decisions you can make in football, but so many. why I'm supposed yeah. to do that. So I'm going to share that with people. And that's just another kind of step of me being certain of myself now, yes. you know, before I'd been like, no, why does people want to see that? But now, you know, I've had so many people constantly message me, um, male footballers, uh, swimmers in the Olympics, divers and big names that have all got in contact about how how I'm doing up here and how well I'm doing um, and if I can share any tips. So, you know, it, it's nice to feel like you're doing good, you know? Yes, absolutely. Like and yourself, you, like yourself. Yeah, you, you're doing a great job, Laura, and it's been so much fun diving into this a little bit more from you when you talk about what's happened to you so much good information there by Shiraj I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation like and learned something pick something up new I know that I did I want to thank Shiraj how, again how for his time and for his passion yeah, to continue to make this process now, better both on the physical side and the mental side if you guys have someone that you want to be on the podcast well let me know you can reach me at the ACL club on Instagram but also if you can go and rate and review this podcast podcast that really helps other people who are in need of this it, information find it the more picture. rates you know, you and reviews we get the better um, the again the pitch, I said it on the podcast I'll say it again it's not about me it's not about this podcast it's about who we can help so your review honestly can help one person see it and if you do that just imagine the feeling that you can get the reward you get for doing that so thank you so much and go out there and show your scars with pride that's for sure is I'll have to send you a picture yeah um but when I look at my scars I just bring back everything it brings back you know um it's the big one on the side it's the one that gets me up that they attach my IT band that's like the one but it just kind of gives me that bravery like that that's the worst part that's happened and it's been and gone and how it's healed and the amount of bio oil in it right now is like, sold out everywhere. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm proud of. I feel like it's it's a message of bravery, a bit of a war wound. But I'm I'm proud to have them. So yeah.
One of my favorite things just to hear what people say because everybody comes up something different. For me, I just, I look at my scars and they, they're old now, but I also, cause they happened so long ago, 10, 10 years ago. And, but I, when I look at them, I, it is a reminder every single time, just how resilient you can be. Like resilience mm-hmm. is within you. And it's something that, uh, just like the scars, like we, we heal and we become yeah. something stronger than we were before. And that's what I see when I see my scars is like, Amazing. you can get through anything. So I love that you use the word bravery. Uh, I just love that I got to chat with you. And I, I know that everybody listening to this will now um, be a fan of yours. And we can't wait to that day when we can watch you on the pitch in your debut scoring a goal and blowing kisses to the fans. It's going to happen. No, I can't <laughs> wait for people to share their journeys with me. Like I said, I just, I just wish I, I knew about your page and yourself a lot sooner. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on board and have a chat and share and make me stick my chest out for a couple of hours now because I'm buzzing. How about that reaction from Laura Rafferty? I love that at the end. Stick my chest out because I'm buzzing. It's so true. When you share your story, you are sharing your strength with others. When you show your scar, you're really tapping into what you've been through and how that has helped you hopefully get better and to learn some things about yourself, about how you can overcome and all that good stuff. So really want to thank Laura for her time and wish her all the best as she waits for her debut, hopefully in the fall. And we'll be keeping you guys up to date on that and hopefully get a little info from her when she does get back. Maybe that that goal that she was talking about comes true and we can brag about her a little bit more. So thank you guys so much for listening to Show Your Scars podcast. Thank you for your effort in subscribing and rating and reviewing you know every single one helps one more person know about the podcast and maybe that person really needed it right now so you can do that that's how you can feel empowered in this process and help somebody else so thanks for doing that thanks for listening and go out there and show your scars with pride